this exactly. is pop culture yearbook on this show we pick pieces of pop culture that were important to us in a given year we then discuss memories and take it here we go again guys guys what's going on you got a little bit of that last started recording more. this time i'm brad i am pete and I am Giff. I for some reason I'm looking at Gifford <laughs> while I'm doing it, and he's not doing anything different. But I just I don't know what's gotten into me the last two weeks. <laughs> Gifford, you sounded like you had a little Alabama accent there when you said that. Yeah, I Alabama accent. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Gifford's evil twin from Alabama is joining us tonight. Evil? Oh, that. Well, yeah, that would make sense because that would mean that the regular me is the good one. Hans right. Ramore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hans Ramore. Friends reference. Anyway, so uh, we oh, are right. here to wrap up 2011, and we got another fun movie coming. We do, right, Pete? Yes, we do. <laughs> Yes, we do. This is a movie I love from 2011. Um, there was a couple, um, and I may have talked about this, but I um, on our earlier episode, but I believe you did um, a couple in uh, 2011 that I was really wrestling between. Both of them are kind of similar in terms of their their comedy styles, and both of them star Jason Sudeikis. As a matter of fact, um, mm-hmm. I was looking at doing Hall Pass, but the one I landed on was Horrible Bosses, just because I think we've all of us and probably all of our listeners at some point in their lives have had a situation where they've had a boss they didn't like very much. And so this one, this is a movie that everybody can relate to. Horrible Bosses is, uh, I I just love the cast in this movie, by the Mm -hmm. way. It's an all-star cast. Great cast. Um, Many, many great um great comic actors and just some that are just great you know oscar caliber actors too that have kind of bit roles um and some that have been canceled um, some that have been canceled as well they fit all those categories literally was a horrible boss and got canceled right that that's true he he played the part really well Mm -hmm. um I'm going to just kind of start out by talking about the three main characters and uh, what the should we talk about how we remember this movie in. first? Sure. What do you well, mean? You kick just, it off. Did you see it in the movie theater? Oh, um, I don't think I saw it in the movie theater. You know, this is how um, we usually I start think, is with our memories. Yeah, I forgot about that. I um, I was in he a daze remember that. for a moment. No. I, I don't actually recall seeing it in the theater. I think it was just I was, um, you know, home, probably home alone once or something. And I said, hey, this looks like a good movie that I hadn't seen. And I watched it at home. I don't think I was with anybody. No fond memories in particular about it other than the movie itself. So it's kind of sad. Go ahead. It is sad. But it was. I know that I did see it in the nevertheless. theater. My wife and I saw it in the theater, and we both laughed a lot and liked it. Uh, as you said, it was something that you could really identify with. I haven't had too many of these business world type bosses that were terrible, but you know, still there have been people that have been kind of eccentric and different. As I was watching it, it kind of reminded me. I never really made this connection before, but it's kind of like a big budget office space. Yeah, I'd give you that. And, in and a Jennifer way. Aniston is in both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I yeah. made that in a way. Thick. Although this one has more of a defined plot than Office Space. Um, you know, Office yeah, Space. I know is, they're not the same movie. Obviously, obviously. not the same. I'm movie, just saying but, uh, the idea of a boss you hate and trying to get rid of them or get out of your job. And it just I it we you know, we talked about that last year and it just made me think they were a little right. bit simpler. That's One of the reasons of, why I like it, I think, is my whole point in saying that, because I love both yeah. movies. Sure. Uh, All right, I'm done. Yes. Well, and again, with 2011, um, two kids at this point, I really wasn't going to the movie theater anymore unless it was for a kid's birthday party at the theater, and then we were watching some animated movie. So I would have watched this the first time, most likely on... Um, netflix or just regular television and caught it there um Mm -hmm. so but again like we were saying the the cast is so excellent um not only the major players in it but all the bit actors 
Um, so I, I just loved it right off the bat. By the way, if you have kids listening, um, I'm not sure how we're going to get through this (laughs) with, (laughs) without, or with it being a totally clean episode. I think I'm going to have to check the little explicit. Well, I love how they, uh, uh, because there's a lot going on. Mm -hmm. They introduce each of the cast, like in the movie and, and name them, which we got to go through their names and it's, Mm -hmm. it's great. Right. Yes. Yep. So. Um, I'm going to start by going through our three main characters and then the little storyline that each character has. Um, Our first character um, is Jason, played by Jason Bateman. This is Nick. He is the one that works in a fancy, some sort of fancy corporation um, reporting to Kevin Spacey. Um, and Kevin Spacey actually, it, it may have actually added to it now, knowing who Kevin Spacey is, that he's just an asshole. And mm-hmm. uh, because he does well, and the movie would describe him a as a ass- total fucking asshole. Correct. Yeah, total. That That's right. Total fucking asshole. Um, and uh, and he plays that role really well in this movie, like every single thing gets under his skin and he hates everything and any and everybody. And he's just the absolute worst boss. And Jason Bateman is um, he's been fighting to get this promotion uh, to like the head of marketing or whatever it was. And uh, he had been getting promised that he was going to get the promotion all along. And then, of course, when it was time, um, you didn't get the promotion, did like you? He showed up two minutes late for work one day and it was like he, everything had to be on time. Yep. And then he caught him lying about showing up two minutes late for work and then that allegedly cost him the promotion but it was just kevin spacey being being that asshole Um, and jason bateman's never gonna go go ahead well he's he's been putting up with all this because his mantra at this point was the key to success is taking shit that's right that's he's putting up with it because it's gonna pay off but then for eight years, he's if been putting up with this. If your boss is a TFA, then it doesn't pay off. Right. All I can say is I've worked in corporate America for 23 years, and he's not totally wrong on that. <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, so anyway, that's that kind of sets up Jason Bateman's character. Anything else anybody want to add on that character in terms of the, the character setup? Well, one of the things he talked about in the beginning uh, voiceover where he's talking about what he's gone through, he told a nice story about his Gam Gam who came to this country with $20 in her pocket and she worked hard her whole life, didn't take shit from anybody, and she turned that $20 into (laughs) $2,000. And and that was his his whole reason for it. You just got to take shit, just put your head down and work hard. And, you know, eventually you'll get that big promotion. And, uh, yeah, he ended up not getting it in the end. So that sets up uh, his angst. What, and and what who I love, did get the promotion, by the way? Uh, Harkin did. No. Kevin Spacey's Kevin character. Spacey took it himself and added another yeah, title right. to his door and extra money to himself. And a bigger he only, uh He only took 85% of the salary. so Because um, <laughs> that's the um, sacrifice he, like he was, was going to make. <laughs> right, right. Yes. So he gave himself an, only an eighty-five percent raise. Yes. <laughs> um, our next character is played by Jason Sudeikis, who who plays Kurt. Now, oh, no, uh, no, you got those is, out of order. Our next one's oh, Dale. Do I? Yep. Charlie Day. Dale. I'm sorry. Oh well, I wasn't necessarily going in order of. All right. Okay, oh, fine. Um, I was. Just, oh, we're into the movie here, Pete. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> In that case, then Charlie Day. Now, there's a little bit of a dispute here in the movie. Most people probably didn't catch it, but because my wife is a dental hygienist, Uh I caught it because she has explained to me this difference before. And in one point, they refer to him as a dental hygienist. In another, they call him a dental assistant, which are two very different roles. So So which role is he playing? Um. (laughs) <laughs> well, he seemed um, more like an assistant because yeah, he's in he the room more with like her the whole time. He's in the room with a dentist would be more indicative of a dental assistant to me. Okay. They don't really ever show never... cleaning teeth or doing any of that stuff, right? On his right, own or anything, right? Yeah. 
So, okay. Well, because he I said originally he worked as a dental assistant, but then was referred to as a hygienist later on. So I, I always thought he was yeah. a dental assistant. Um, and I, and I knew when I was watching this that uh, you would have the goods on that, being that your wife um, yes. works in the dental industry. Has she ever acted hopefully like Jennifer she, Aniston before? Yeah, hopefully she has not experienced the same kind of... You could do some role-playing <laughs> at home. <laughs> yeah. I will... Uh, uh, yeah, I'll see how that goes. But... The first thing you need, Pete, is uh, on your bedroom door, you need to install a button that locks it automatically. That's the first thing you need to do for your before you get into the role-play. Got it. So, got it. Yes. From afar, yes. Yes. Um Okay, I will suggest that. You know, Jenny does listen to the show, so maybe there you go. That's your end. Take your yep. suggestion. There we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, you're welcome. Anyway, if it's a dental hygienist or assistant, it's not really central to the uh, point anyway. But um, um, he is. It's sort of a, a role reversal in this yes. thing because you normally think of a, it's a stereotype. I know because there are plenty of great female dentists out there. Uh, but the but generally speaking, it's the male dentist and a female hygienist slash assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this movie, and, and also the sexual harassment that goes on is also reversed as well, because yes. you would typically think that it's, again, it's the stereotype. You typically think that it's the male that would be the offender and the female, the recipient of the of the harassment, but this movie does it totally reverse here. Um, mm-hmm. So it's Jennifer Aniston that is the dentist, and yep. repeatedly and very vigorously harasses um, this guy Dale, who is played by Charlie Day. Which, by the way, he's probably the least well known of all of the stars in this movie. But I thought in this movie he was the funniest. Well, um, yeah, if, if you're not a, a yeah, he's great. sunny in Philadelphia uh, fan, yeah. that, would, that would be his big claim to fame on that. Um, well, yeah. and this his his character starts out by saying that the one thing he's always wanted to be is a husband. Mm-hmm. And he is engaged to a very lovely young lady. So right off the bat, he's a... Because normally you would think if Jennifer Aniston is sexually harassing you... Great, wonderful, let's go all in. Well, but, that's what his two friends think, too. They correct, just laugh yes, at him yes, all the time. They always laugh and at don't him. take any right, of it seriously. Right. But he is a a dedicated uh, fiancé to his, to his uh, uh, future wife, and he doesn't want anything to do with this. And, of course, the catch, you come to find out, why he, he just doesn't quit and walk away is because he is on the sexual offender <laughs> yeah, right. list. And she was the only one that would hire him. So she knows that he's stuck there and he can't really go anywhere. And why is he a sex offender? Because. That doesn't sound so good. Inexplicably, there was a playground next to a bar and he (laughs) went outside and he had to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night when there were no kids anywhere. And he whipped it out and took a whiz in a playground. Yep. And he got uh, picked up for public urination and they. Just for fun, added a uh, sexual offender rap to his uh, sheet. And she will hold him to that because Jennifer Aniston is an evil, crazy bitch DDS. Yes. That is her (laughs) name. That is correct. Well, uh, what I thought was funny, and and you kind of alluded to it, uh, when these three guys, by the way, they're all friends, and they go to the bar later, and they're talking about all these problems, and he's just complaining because... She's always rubbing her breasts in his face. And Sudeikis <laughs> goes, you know, that doesn't sound all that bad. Right. <laughs> and then this very attractive woman walks by and he goes, oh, excuse me, guys, I'm going to go talk to that woman about her vagina. So yes. what I love also is that the other two friends are single and Sudeikis is just a complete hound. I mean, he's looking to bang anything that moves. So that's always right. a fun Fun He's like part. the Gifford of the group. He's the Gifford I was of the just group. Say that, <laughs> or the or the Norgard. Come on, let's be honest. Yeah, I can't. Um, I, I can't uh, back my talk up as as much. So as, uh, uh, Pete, give us the background on Jason Sudeikis. So now we're going to talk about Jason Sudeikis, who plays Kurt. 
um, who works in a small business and it's a it's like a family run business and he likes his job. He likes working there uh, for the most part. Um, but uh, and and he does love his boss, who is played by Donald Sutherland. And um, they have a great relationship and um, uh, things are going pretty well. And he's clearly the one that is going to take over the company um, when Donald Sutherland's character is ready to retire. And um, they have a nice little heartwarming uh, talk right outside of, uh, right outside the office. And this is where he says that you're going to be the one that takes it over. And then it, they talk about his cokehead son, mm-hmm. um, who is played. Oh, that by would be Colin a Farrell. dipshit cokehead son. Dipshit yeah. cokehead son. Yes. And um, uh, sadly, as he's driving away, he get, he has a heart attack and crashes the car and dies. Um, it sounded like he died as a result of the heart attack, not as a result of the accident, but either way, he died. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently this was before he did all the paperwork and everything to officially say that he was going to be turning the business over to Kurt. And so the cokehead mm-hmm. son, the dipshit cokehead son, is now the owner of it, and he is a total asshole to him as well. Did you say yet that it's Colin dipshit. Farrell? Didn't I say that? Yes, I, I do. I don't remember. I was asking if you did. Yeah, he was played either either way. He was played by Colin Farrell, and he is unrecognizable, um, and he is wonderful in this movie. He is phenomenal. Yeah, well, because at this time, other... he you did not see this role coming at this time for him. He was always in such serious stuff, and yep. Well, the other thing I'd like to say um, for Donald Sutherland, and again, I love I love watching Donald Sutherland, but. Uh, he kind of reprises his role from 2003's Italian Job, where he's kind of the father figure, and who gets knocked off early in the film. And I just always thought yeah. it was yeah, interesting that he just that has these, he just has these quick little on-screen parts, but he's so great in them, and you just love him. Um, and then he is no longer with us for the rest of the film. Right. Yeah. Um, and so. So basically the plot of the movie kind of comes together in the bar when these guys are all talking and um, uh, they're all talking about some, somebody brought up that they, they should just kill their bosses. Yep. Um, And so they were kind of joking and then realize, you know what, Hey, I'm, you know, kind of half kidding. And then they kind of go back to whose place was it that they went back to where they were playing video games and, and uh, kind of cooked up the plan a little that bit. That was more. Bateman. Well, before that, ba- though, yeah. they, they all talked about how they should just, they just need to quit their jobs. The other two are just going to quit their jobs and go find another job. And sure. then they run into a buddy of theirs who um, worked oh, yeah, for the Lehman Brothers. And- Yep, and he's like, I've been looking for a job for two years. There's nothing available. Oh, I'm, yeah. That's I'm right. living at my mom's. You know, can you buy me a drink? He offers to go in the bathroom with the guys and give them hand jobs for 40 bucks. Like, he is <laughs> completely strapped for cash. So they're like, well, obviously, right. we can't quit because we'll never find other jobs. So that's when they decide we need to knock these, these people off. And um, our lives will be so much better if they're no longer around. So, yeah, also, they go to... They go to Bateman's house um, because I think what what pushed uh, Dale over the edge, because he's like, no, I, I'm, I'm not a killer. I'm not going to kill my boss. Um, what puts him over the edge is that Julia, his boss, Aniston, uh, because he's now engaged, um, she wants to make sure that they have sex before he gets married because she doesn't want to mess with the institution of marriage. <laughs> right, and she tells right. him, I'm a squirter, Dale. Yes, right. <laughs> all of these, right. Yeah, so all all and, of these situations are kind con- are escalating and escalating, mm-hmm. and so yeah, and so yeah. Then eventually they discuss a plan that obviously these two these three guys are basically like us. There's no way they could actually carry out a, a you know a plot like this where they're going to be able to kill three people without getting caught or anything. They're just regular guys. Um, and so they discuss they should hire a hitman. Mm-hmm. And so um, they did some check. <laughs> well, the first thing they did was um, they looked up in the phone book. Dale. Uh, Dale looked up uh, online. Yeah, he looked it up online and um, so it, he found an ad that said men seeking men. And yep. he did not realize that we were talking. <laughs> he, he thought that meant that we could 
you know, a man. Well, they to were men. A man to do it. And these things are coded man. under things like wet work. Right. Wet work, right. Because, like, CIA, you know, wet work is like, you know, you kill people. So he's, you know, he's talking like he knows what he's talking about. He's like, well, you can't put assassin or hitman on the internet because that'll get picked up. So they talk about, you know, it's all coded like wet work. And so they, he contacts, contacts a guy to meet them at a hotel because you don't want to meet him at your house. You know, you got to use your head. You don't want this guy knowing where you live. So they right. set up a rendezvous with their hitman in a seedy motel uh, for their first meeting. And when he pulls up, he looks like he is a hitman. He's got the the sleek black hair, the dark sunglasses, which he's wearing at night, and mm-hmm. the black leather jacket and everything. And he looks like a badass. Yes, exactly. Yep. Um, and he comes up, and it turns out, that it wasn't a hitman at all. They find that he, he starts laying out a tarp on the floor. Yep. And what wet work means is that they would urinate on each other. He would urinate on them he for money. On them. Right. <laughs> and of course they say, no, 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 that's not what we're looking for. And so the guy's like, okay, well, I still expect to get my $200. And Dale, they go, really? You thought this would get done for $200? Dale's like, I thought it was a good deal. Like, <laughs> And then he goes and takes a piss. Yes. And Sadek is like, that was going to be honest. That was going to be honest right there. Uh, so, so then they got to come up with a new plan. And so then they drive around the city and they have uh, what is effectively OnStar, OnStar uh, yep. a voice communication system from their car. And uh, uh, they ask, they ask, uh, they, they call it something different in the movie. They didn't use the brand name OnStar. I always put OnStar on my notes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I forget what it's called. So, yeah, he, uh, or something. I don't know. He asked them, he, he asked him to take him to the most dangerous part of town, which reminded yeah. me, Brad, of what? What movie did, it, did that remind me of? Any guesses? We just mentioned this movie before we started recording. In fact, a Christmas uh, story? <laughs> I know. Uh, we uh, coming to America. Like, oh, no. coming. Oh, yeah. Oh, about the, oh, oh yeah. He says, take me it's to the most dangerous part. <laughs> and so then, See, that's um, the part where Colin Farrell like really makes um, Sadek is mad. Yeah, we passed he, past that because oh, there's yeah, a couple of great lines there, though. It. He puts him over the top because Jason Sadek is, and he gets mad. He says, "You're three hours late," and he says, "Yeah." I was at a funeral for your dad. Right. And he's, he's like, like, that kind of stuff would, uh, that kind of stuff uh, would work when my dad was here, but not, not now. And he's like, that literally doesn't make sense. I wouldn't be at his funeral if he was still around. Right. And then he and tells him his job is, I want you to fire the fat people. Cut the fat around here. And he doesn't want to do that. And he says, okay, you got to get rid of the guy in the, in the wheelchair. And the he wheelchair, says, he freaks yeah. me out rolling around in his special little secret chair. And of course, he wants to get the guy's uh, handicap uh, parking pass so that he can have it in his car because he's just such a despicable person. He's like having like strippers and coke in the office and parties, and he's just a. And he wants to. This this company they work for is a chemical company, and he wants to get cheaper uh, disposal for the chemicals. So Sadekis is like, if I kill this man, it's better. Um, otherwise he's going to poison. People. Yeah. He's going to poison a bunch of other people. So really I'm doing, you know, but it, just to set up the whole lot, cause that put him over the edge. And then Jennifer Aniston gets worse too, because she comes on to him again. She's naked under her robe and she tells me can't quit. And then she actually bribes him with pictures. Black that she took yeah. that she's going to show yep. his fiance if he doesn't have sex with her. And yep. so that puts Dale over the edge too. So there was, there was a few more things that like even led them further along to get to this big decision. Correct. All yep. of the picks, by the way, were actually, he was totally innocent the entire time. I want to reiterate. He that. was passed he out with the gas, it. right? Being, yeah, he was yeah, being and set she up. Just she was setting set the thing up herself. Yeah, he, she, yes. he, he, she was doing some dental work on him. He was under gas, knocked out, and then she poses him in all these, you know, positions of having sex and, you know, and she took all these pictures so that way she's got she can blackmail him to have sex with right. her against his will. And of course he yells like that's rape. Like I was raped. Like this is, you know, <laughs> horrible. 
and it, and it is horrible. But again, you have to understand also that it's Jennifer Aniston and his friends still don't she's care about rather him. fetching. Yeah, he, you yeah know, they don't care one bit. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'm sorry. That brings us back to the bad neighborhood, which gets us pretty soon. You're going to bring up another great character, I'm sure. Oh, so. Yes. <laughs> um, this is where they go to this bad part of town. Again, they're still looking for a hitman, and and uh, they meet Jamie Foxx's character, whose name is what? Gifford Mo- Motherfucker Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and I see on your screen, Pete, you you spelled it the white man way with the er, but it's oh it's, yeah, sorry, it's motherfucker. <laughs> and of course, when he explains to the guys how he got that name, it was so great because they're like, "Well, how do you get how do you get that name?" And he's like, "Well, one night when I was young, I snuck into my mom's room while she was sleeping, and I stuck my fingers." in her purse and it was and all the guys were like oh my god where is this going and i, and, and I took all the I red money, money and i really and i really fucked her and, and snake is line is something like maybe you should be called like fucked over my mother jones or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was outstanding and so so now they're having this conversation with uh uh with motherfucker jones in the bar mm-hmm. and um <laughs> they they agreed they eventually agreed to five thousand dollars and five thousand dollars he'll do the whole thing but well he'll be their uh, murder consultant yeah well yeah, at he, first at first he tells them thirty thousand and they don't like that and his he he goes down to like 10 and they don't like that like he keeps lowering his his price <laughs> yeah. He's a horrible. He comes off really dumb, but it, you find out later he wasn't really all that dumb either. No, he's basically right. a smart dude that knows that these three um, middle class white guys are just scared and intimidated of black people, so he'll just <laughs> be able to do whatever he wants with these guys. So yeah, they they put together five grand, and uh, so actually they spent five thousand forty dollars because they had to buy a briefcase as well <laughs> to put it in. Um, (laughs) and so they come back to the bar with the money and give it to him and he of course says ah you know i'm I'm just out on parole you know the heat's on me so i'll be your murder consultant and this is where they come up with the plan that the guys will kill each other's bosses because there's no connection their own yeah yep and it's a strangers on a train hitchcock movie much like uh, uh, throw, throw mama, mama from, the, from train. the train, the, the Danny DeVito movie. Yeah. Oh no, you're thinking of throw mama from the train. The oh Hitchcock yeah, that's a good Danny movie. DeVito movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, man. so they so, decide they need to do some recon on their targets. Correct. Correct. Yes. The first one is that they go to Kevin Spacey's house. Oh, they go to Colin Farrell's no, no, house. They go, they, go to Col- they go to Colin Farrell's, yes. yes. Sorry, I had these in the wrong order. And this and, was a uh, great scene where they, th- in order to gloves. get in the house, in order to get into the house, though, they're, they're trying to figure out how to get in the house, and Colin Farrell opens the garage door and speeds away, and the two of them, Dale, or no, uh, Kurt <laughs> and Nick are able to just run into the garage door. Like the Indiana Jones style, right. like they just beat the garage. And but Dale, Dale is further away and he tries to slide under and he's nowhere close to make it and just slams <laughs> into the door and it's now closed. And so then he just has to stand there and wait while the other guys open the door for right. him again. <laughs> Just excellent physical comedy. <laughs> Put himself into that door. So yes, they're going through Colin Farrell's place, which is uh, basically a, a complete and utter douchebag. I mean, what did they say? It's like the sharper image threw up in here, or Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's all just uh, massage horrible. chairs. And, yeah. Um, it, well, it's like. Um, I don't know. It was like uh, mirrors and yeah. like it's a it's a sex pit is what it right. is. And of course, here they find um, a whole box full of coke. Um, so they think that's a good thing to find. Um, but unfortunately, Dale drops the coke, <laughs> and now they need to clean it out of the carpet, the shade carpet. Well, shade well, when carpet. they when he drops it, it's it, it goes up in a poof of dust. <laughs> 
And so it's everywhere, and they're like trying not to inhale it. Right, they can't hold it because they didn't bring gloves. They're wearing, they're wearing sleeve gloves. Yes, and Jason Bateman has short sleeves on, so he has no sleeve gloves. Yeah, because they don't want Uh, any fingerprints. Right. So Sudeikis during this point, he goes into the guy's bathroom, and he just basically starts sticking stuff up his butt, like his toothbrush and his floss and whatever he can, just to you know, screw with the guy. But the one thing they do find in the house of any value is uh, Colin Farrell's phone. So they're able to get out of there with uh, the phone. So now they can, you know, see his contacts and his, his uh, calendar and everything like that. So that was a good thing. But in the meantime, um, you've got Dale and Nick trying their best to clean up this Coke and they're just getting high as balls the whole time so now they get the dust buster yes and and they're, they're, they're cleaning it up and then eventually it's like okay well once they've got it all vacuumed up they can just take it right out of the dust buster and put it back in where they found it and it'll look like nothing happened right. so they open it up and of course it's all it's all like dust and dirt and they're like you know maybe we should have emptied it first <laughs> right. and then they're trying to <laughs> sift it you know trying to clean up this coke and it's just, yeah. Uh, I think at one point Charlie Day starts doing uh, push-ups, and Jason uh, Bateman has to go to the bathroom quick. I mean, they're just all jazzed up from inhaling this coke. So that was just outstanding. Uh, what's the right. next place they go then to? They go, they go to, to Harkin's place. Now we go. Yeah, they go to they go to Harkin's place, and they decide, yes. okay, this time we're gonna leave uh dale in the car as a lookout and they're Mm -hmm. gonna the other two are gonna go into the house and do some recon there um and there's this great scene where they're trying to figure out how to get in and uh bateman's character finds a hide a key rock he's like hey look at this and he gives it to sedacus who tries to throw the rock through the (laughs) through the glass (laughs) through the glass not realizing (laughs) that it's a hide a key (laughs) and it just it doesn't even do anything though luckily it does no damage whatsoever it just hits the glass and drops (laughs) it bounces off (laughs) so they make their way into the house and there's some fun stuff with a with the family cat that keeps coming out of absolutely nowhere and scaring the crap out of them um and he sees a picture of his wife and he says i'd like to bend her over a barrel and show her the 50 states I don't think that's a scene. Oh, no. People say that. People say yeah. that. I think I heard it in a movie. No, no. That's at the end. Hang that's on. at the it's end. But he did end. say, yeah. <laughs> so I heard it somewhere. It is now. So, <laughs> yes. Harkin's trophy wife is played by uh, Julie Bowen. And um, so we meet her later on as well. But while the, the two of them are in the house, um, mm-hmm. Dale is outside just jamming to the radio, having a good time. Um, he's got a peanut butter sandwich that he brought with him and he's got the window rolled down and he eats a sandwich and he just throws the, the baggie that it was in out on the road. And we see Harkin who's out for his evening jog, uh, come up behind him and he sees him littering and he gets mad that he litters. Um, and he picks the bag up and he's kind of shaking it at him and Harkin Spacey's character starts to go into uh, is it aphylactic shock from is that, the penis? I don't know what you call it. I'm not. A, what am I, a doctor? But he's uh, going to die. Yeah. It's it's an allergic. Yes. It's an allergic reaction. And how yes. perfect it's is that? Severe... Right. Yes. So he he goes into the you know he's having the seizure. He's he's gonna die. But of course these guys never thought to say, hey, this is my boss. Here's a picture. This is who we're going after. So Dale he just thinks this is a guy. He needs to save him. Uh, Spacey's mm-hmm. character has the EpiPen on him. So, you know, he kind of points to it and finally Dale's able to jab it into him and save his life. And, um, uh, Julie Bowen, his, uh, Harkin's wife shows up and thanks him to which, you and know, Harkin thinks, everything. yep. To which Harkin thinks that, oh, you must be banging this guy. Is this one of the guys that you're sleeping with? Um, mm-hmm. and in all the commotion, the guys see this from inside the house. All they think is they see 
Dale stabbing him right out on the street. They think that he's killing him. So in their haste to get out, um, Sudeikis drops um, Bobby's uh, phone in the bedroom right. under the couch. Uh, Bobby is um, uh, Colin Farrell's the character. The cokehead. Yeah, yeah, the cokehead. The co-head. They were in the previous house and got his phone. Yep. So the, now we've got Bobby's phone in Harkin's bedroom, and they take off. And what I love is that um, while Nick and Kurt are walking down the street after Dale is sped away in the car, they are arguing over who would get raped more in prison, because now they're, they know they're going to prison. And they aren't arguing like, oh, you'd get raped more, or, you know, no, you'd get raped more. They're actually arguing, I would get raped more than you, basically saying, I'm a better looking dude, you know. <laughs> yeah. So so Dale finally catches up to him, and uh, I think they ended up asking him, well, you know, real question here, who would get raped more in prison? And Dale decides that it would be uh, Nick, Bateman's character, because uh, he is weaker, basically. <laughs> and Snake is like, yeah, you're right. He'd get raped more than yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now when they're, they have a, they have kind of an aha moment after as terribly as it went mm-hmm. at these last two houses that they were at, um, it was just co- all a comedy of errors and everything. They're like, you know, we did get some pretty good intel here. Correct. Uh, because, A, they found out that he was a cokehead. The first guy was a cokehead. Um, yep. And, like, where he kept his coke and everything. And that the second guy was allergic to peanuts. And so yes. that could present an option if you're trying to kill these guys. Um, yep. And so um, then they decide, okay, what can they do with the coke? And then they, if they... If they get rat poisoned they can poison the coke and yep. they can do some they can get a bunch of peanuts and find a way to um to put it in his shampoo that was the plan to yes because he had which normally i don't even know his, if that would work but well what their thought was he'd normally have his epi pen on him so they need to mm-hmm. do it in a place where he wouldn't have his epi pen so they figured in the shower would be a good spot so if you crush up some peanuts and put it in the shampoo that should you know, that should yeah. do the trick. So actually their plan was pretty solid because like they said, how, come how, many together times, now. how many times do you get a bad batch of Coke? You know, so it, he's it, gonna OD and you know that that'd be a good way to go. So they have they have an actually a pretty decent plan put together here. Then they get mm-hmm. a lot of help because Harkin finds the phone of Colin yes. Farrell and he just goes to his house and shoots him. Yes. That's it. Well, like that's that. a little later. Yeah, first well, they go the next grocery thing on shopping. my list. Yeah, that's um, well, well, yeah, I they, got they went pretty... to the, they went to Walmart, right? And they um Oh yeah, they picked um, up their rat they, poison and the peanuts and, and they got like a that. ton of peanuts because they're on sale. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, Dale just goes nuts like two for a dollar. You can't beat that. So he yeah. fills up his whole cart, takes as many as he can carry with him. That's a good deal. Right. So <laughs> they send they send Dale to Harkins to put the peanuts in the shampoo. They send Nick over to pellet to um bobby's place to figure out when he can get in to put the rat poison in and then they send kurt over to julia's to do some recon yes brilliant plan brilliant plan you're gonna send the horn dog over to the nympho's house to get some to get some recon that's a good idea so uh this is oh go ahead so Kurt is hanging out outside of uh, Aniston's place. And, of course, she I, I knows that he's out there. She doesn't know who he is, but she knows that somebody's watching her. So she goes into the house and proceeds to eat a bunch of phallic foods. Like, uh, like she starts bananas with a, and... Yeah, like a popsicle, a hot dog, and then a banana. And eventually coaxes... Kurt into the house. She just opens the door and just basically says, "Yeah, you know, quits playing around. Come on in. But what I love (laughs) is um, you got Nick sitting outside of uh, Bobby's place waiting for his opportunity to go put the rat poison in. And he's on the phone with Dale because Dale, he's like, I can't do this. I can't kill a guy. Like, uh, you know, I just can't do it. And at that point, Harkin shows up, knocks on Bobby's door. He opens the door and caps him. Like right mm-hmm. there, right, right at his front door, shoots him. So now we got uh, Colin Farrell's characters dead, 
And Nick is 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 relaying this on the phone to Dale. And Dale's like, how's Pellet doing? <laughs> and Nick's, Nick's response is, he's doing pretty fucking dead, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, Harkin, uh, you know, he just assumes that this, that uh, Bobby was screwing his wife because everybody's screwing his wife. That's his big, uh, his big hang up. It was the cat, actually, that found a cell phone that, that led to that. That is um, correct. Which was under the chair. Yes. So they meet back up with Kurt, and Kurt basically tries to explain away that, you know, she was trying to seduce him. She's being very suggestive because a popsicle, a hot dog, and a banana is not a meal. That's not a regular meal. <laughs> and Nick concedes, well, you know what? You're right, because she went cold to hot, and that's not how you eat a meal. So he kind of <laughs> almost forgives him for going in to the house to have sex with her. And Kurt's yeah. argument is that she won't be going after Dale anymore because he put the wood to her so well that, He's you know, now <laughs> she's not going to be horny at work. You know, <laughs> So that, that works out. So um, Nick, he gets uh, he gets photographed at a stoplight speeding through after Pellet's Bobby's uh, murder. So the cops. Because of all the chaos. I love this the chaotic kind of chase scene. When they first take off and he's trying to grab the seatbelt and it won't <laughs> go. And he just goes, oh, Toyota. Oh, Toyota. Because when we saw that the first time, I have done that exact same thing. And my wife just started laughing and... That happens in the car all the time. It's just a wonderful <laughs> little touch. So, so the cops get on these guys pretty quick, and they're all sitting in the car, and the cop comes up and says, hey, you know, we just had a murder, you know, not too far away. We found your car leaving leaving the, uh, the scene of the crime or near the scene of the crime at a high rate of speed, you know, blowing through a stoplight. And, you know, I'm going to need you guys to follow me down to the station for questioning. And, of course... Kurt leans, the officer happens to be black, and Kurt leans across and says, officer, my man, and tries to do the fist bump. And the very next scene is, now the three of them are riding down to the station in the back of the car. <laughs> rather, than, <laughs> rather than being allowed to drive down themselves and follow the officer, now they've been put in the back well, of the car. And before that, out. when he pulls him over, he says he was drag racing. But he's driving a Prius. Yes, and Prius. He goes, yes. I, I don't win a lot. Yes. Well, that, yeah, that's when they were being questioned by uh, Detective Ron White. By the way, was one of the detectives in this scene, which, which I got a kick out of. Um, so they were able to get out of the police station because Dale's knowledge of uh, law and order comes into play here, where he figures out that they're not actually under arrest, and he was very proud of his ability to, uh, to get them out of a bad spot. <laughs> so the guy, well, this is amazing. <clears throat> like how he was, how he was able to do that because he, he was like really, really confident and really, really nervous at the same time. Yes. He's like, I, I think because of the fourth amendment, you can't do that. <laughs> well, that's a really good impression, Pete. <laughs> right. It was. Thanks. Didn't what it reminded know. me of was the scene in old school during the debate where Will Ferrell's character like blacks out and makes this perfect argument in the debate and then like <laughs> comes to afterwards like what happened I blacked out <laughs> and that's what that reminded me of was him just right. all of a sudden everything clicking in his head like we're not under arrest so I think yeah, he threw a I think he threw an ergo in there too at yes. the end of this <laughs> yes. yeah. maybe a visa v possibly <laughs> or something I don't remember what else but <sighs> God, it was just nope. good. So the guys decide, well, now we got Harkin. What we'll do is we'll go to his house. We've got a tape recorder, and we'll get him to uh, confess, confess somehow. you got to get it on tape. <laughs> right, because we, we know that he killed the other guy. So now we can get rid of him because he'll be in prison. So they go over to Harkin's house, and they sneak in. But unfortunately, there's they... a... Go ahead. Is it? When do they talk to Motherfucker Jones about his uh, why he went to jail? Oh yeah, that's is that right. before they go, this? They go to find yeah, they go to see Motherfucker Jones again, and they talk about how one of the guys we were gonna kill killed one of the other guys we were gonna kill, and he was like, "You guys are like masterminds at this." <laughs> so they they 
they bring up like, well, you killed somebody, and that's when he tells him why he's on probation. Um, and you can take it from there, Brad. Well, ever, so he sees snow falling on cedars. Yeah, <laughs> they they said like no, but he, he was in there filming it for a yes. bootleg, and that was his big crime. Yes. But then there's a great line because one of them then says something about the movie, and and motherfucker goes, "So you do know the movie? <laughs> so you do know the movie?" <laughs> like, that's yeah, there's something like you went to prison. Of course, for I know that movie, movie. Ethan Hawke. For filming an Ethan Hawke movie, so you have seen the movie. <laughs> yes. But so now yeah, now, well, I think it was his idea that they need to get it. It was Motherfucker Jones' idea <laughs> to to have him wear the wire and get the confession on tape, right? Is yes. that how that happened? That's what it was. Okay. He's their consultant, so now they're going to go try to do that. Yep. Yeah. Another good idea. And it and almost works money's worth out of this. Cons- yes. Right. Little so they come though. in. They come into Harkin's house, and um, he's not there yet. They get the uh, everybody stands up and yells surprise because they think it's Harkin coming in, and of course it's not. So they got to go hide again real quick with the rest of the party goers, and of course Kurt ends up hiding right next to Julie Bowen's character and starts hitting on her immediately. Like says something about, you know, Nick didn't tell me that his boss was married to a supermodel. And she's like, Oh, I'm not a model. He's like, Oh, when did you stop? You know? So she's just Mm -hmm. eating up everything he's saying. So he's the one who's got the, the recording device on him. So Harkin comes in, they do the surprise. Um, Dale and (laughs) Nick follow Harkin into his office where he proceeds to, confess to everything say you know and tells the guys like you know i'm gonna kill you you know i don't care you know the the pellet guy like you know that's no problem and of course at this point they realize that kurt is not in the room with them with the recording well, no, they didn't realize that they turn around like gotcha and then right. he's like he's not there and like what the hell where happened yeah where and where was kurt pete where is kurt he was he was banging the wife. Yes, he was the banging Harkin's wife in the bathroom. In the bathroom. Yes, because uh, she she was uh, giving him a tour of the mouth. I mean the house. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now they got a high tail. Oh, but, but even oh, before yeah. though, this it's such a great scene when they do yell surprise at Harkin when he comes in, and he like screams and spins just around, absolutely pissed off. Yeah, right, and he's just so mad, totally pissed. Yep. That's a great acting. One yes. of the last great things Kevin Spacey did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they anyway, they hightail it out of there because you know they're because Harkin was going to get his gun. He tells them, I'm gonna kill you guys. So they get out of there, and while they're driving, um Julia calls Dale and um she starts, you know, she says she's getting impatient, they need to, you know get this deed done. And um, while they're driving, Harkin starts slamming into them in his car. And well, I just thought moving to Canada before that too, which is funny. Right. Cause we're one of them says, hockey. now we're going to learn the metric system and buy coats and sweaters and learn hockey and all that shit. <laughs> right. So uh, Dale, he's talking to Julia about all the things that he's, he's going to talk dirty to her. And I just love it. Cause that is not in Dale's character to be able to talk dirty. So <laughs> what did he, he say? Start, well, I'm going to make you feel good with my fingers and my tongue and whatnot. I'll yeah, slap whatnot. you in the face with my <laughs> cock. I'll go up and down on you and rub my naked butt on your naked butt until it's <laughs> raw and red. And we're both chafed up real bad. I'll spit on your arms and stuff. And then I'm going to jam my skull into the crack of your ass. And I'm she gonna loves dance it. on your boobies and jump up and down on your butt. <laughs> like, it's so non-sexual, but he's just trying to come up with anything he can. And the but whole it, she time, loves it, though. Oh, yeah. She's like masturbating she in the tub. Yes. And the whole time, Harkin's like slamming into their car with his car. Oh, my God. It was just, just absolutely ridiculous. So... Uh, their OnStar guy from earlier in the movie, he checks in with them because, you know, there's been, um, they've been in a collision. Is and it Najit? Course, is that his name? No, it's, uh, Amad, 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 Amad,
Yeah, they, was uh, it, what was his American name? It was like Gregory Henry or something. Greg, Gregory. Gregory. <laughs> so he checks in on him and says, uh, hey, you know, you guys have been in an accident. Are you guys okay? And he's on the phone with them. And they're like screaming about how, you know, our my boss killed a guy. And so their car gets disabled by Gregory um, because they. It ha- he has to. It's part of the procedure. Yep. So at this point, Harkin catch up, catches up to him, slams into him, gets him out of the car with the gun. and um, But then he shoots himself in the leg. Yeah. Basically says he's going to kill them. He's got six bullets, so he's going to shoot both of them twice. Um, and then he's also, or he could just um, shoot himself and frame them. So he shoots himself in the leg. And the cops all show up. Um and of course, he starts, you know, pleading his case. These guys are, you know, they're trying to kill me. And that's when uh, they pull out the recorder that uh, Kurt has. And of course, hey, we got, you know, we got proof. He just confessed to all this stuff. And so they play the recorder. And of course, it's um, him banging the guy's wife. <laughs> which is and it ends crazy. right before, like, the good stuff. <laughs> right. It ends basically <laughs> when they get slammed into. The, the and, real stuff that they're trying, yeah. Right. So now they're getting arrested by the cops. And who comes to their rescue? Gregory. Gregory, Gregory. who's been on the line the whole time, recording the whole conversation, plays it back. And uh, that's when the police go, you know, OK, yeah, you're the you're the guy who needs to go to go to jail here. And then this is great. So he takes off and runs at them. And Jason Bateman yes. punches Kevin Spacey out and earlier in the movie Kevin Spacey had told him you don't win a marathon without putting a few band-aids on your nipples correct and after he punches <laughs> him he goes how do you like them nipples right <laughs> and the Great guys line. are so excited for him oh that was yeah, like uh, uh, Goodwill like Hunting Goodwill except hunting. you changed the apples for the nipples he goes yeah I thought it was a good line and they're just so happy that they were able to get out of this situation so we come to find out that uh Nick is now the acting president of his new company. And so he's very excited because he only has to answer to the CEO. And this is where we meet our last great, our last great character, um, Lou Sherman, played by Bob Newhart. And he is just, you know, he he starts out, he's just the sweetest. I mean, he's Bob Newhart. He is Bob Newhart. Yeah. And he's just the sweet, sweeter old man. And they're talking in the parking lot, and we come to find out that he has his assistant in the trunk because <laughs> his coffee was cold, and this poor guy is just, he's like, I, I need to take a shower. Please, somebody <laughs> let let me out, you know. And so it turns out Bob Newhart is a? I didn't write that one down. A twisted old fuck. Twisted old fuck. That's how it was. <laughs> <laughs> And we come to find out that the new boss at uh, Kurt's place is Margie. And because um, she was the most senior person. So she was the fat one. He's supposed to hire, fire, right? Was, right. But she's yeah, not yep. fat. She's pregnant. But then oh, Kurt asked her when the baby's due. And of course, she says she's not pregnant. <laughs> so that was a great little part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we. The the last thing we see here is we have to get rid of Julia. She's still Dale's. going on. Yes. So they are in a and uh, with a patient, and they're gonna do uh, you know a cleaning or whatever. So this guy is all prepped and he's he's under the gas. So she starts you know Dale acts like he's into it. He wants to do the patient before they do each other or whatever, and. She starts, you know, pulling the guy's pants down, and we come to find out that their buddy, who was going to give them hand jobs for forty bucks in the bathroom uh, earlier in the film, this is the guy who's in the chair, and we got the cinematographer. <laughs> he's not really out. No, he's not really out. Take the gas. And we got the cinematographer himself, motherfucker Jones, putting his talents to use <laughs> up the just window, outside yeah. the window with his camcorder, videoing all of this. So, so now she's bribed, right? So now she, they can blackmail her, and he basically just tells her off in a wonderful way. Um, 
So now she won't be on his case anymore. So and this is such a great ending because it's like back to the old 80s movies where you got some of those after credits bloopers and things. Mm-hmm. And it just you're already laughing. It's already funny. But you get a bunch of good stuff there. And then that the the most memorable, awesome part is they talk about bending over a barrel and showing her the 50 states. And he says, yeah, I think it's from a movie. And Sudeikis just looks at the camera and goes. It is now. Right. And then <laughs> and then you see Bateman like walk by and wink at the camera. It's That's so good. Just, it's just excellent. They had yeah. it was perfect. Yeah, you and can tell these guys it. had had a lot of fun making this movie. And again, I love the three of them. I think the three of them together are are excellent. Um, but to me, Jamie Foxx stole every scene that he was in he just was the yes. way he drinks out of his straw and like turns his head yeah with the, with the glasses down the yeah sunglasses down he's like jittery kind of hey just oh he's so like always have you looking guys around seen horrible bosses too I, I don't think yes, I have, no. I oh, have really. seen it, yeah. I don't remember it much, but I do know that I liked it fine. Not like this one, but I, it was pretty good. Like, I enjoyed it. Yeah, because it's Christoph Waltz is the main oh, yeah, bad guy. And they make up a, a product called the the Shower Buddy. That was the whole thing. They went into business for themselves. They make a sh- uh, come up with a product called the Shower Buddy. He buys a bunch of them. You know, they think they're on their way to success. And then he basically says... Um, I'm never going to sell any of these things and you guys are sunk and whatever. So they have to figure out a way to get back at him. So it's worth it. it it's worth it. Yeah, it's worth it's, a watch. It, it's worth it. Well, and Christoph Waltz. Yeah, he's always great. Yeah. So definitely good. We like it. <laughs> good pick, Pete. I uh, like yes. watching that one. Thank you. I did too. So um, thinking about what we needed to do for our top five list on tonight's episode, (laughs) I thought it would be appropriate because we just did the movie Horrible Bosses. Let's talk about our favorite boss characters of all time. This could be from music. Yeah, well, could be music. Could be music. TV, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, And more. We'll run down. And more. We'll run down the list. I understand that Gifford has quite a list so i do you kick us off maybe he should go last i could go last yeah i'll I'll go last and then i'll go second brad you go first mine's not very long well yours and mine pete so then (laughs) you can can say that again she said fill in the blanks (laughs) all right uh i don't really have an order here because i was doing it quickly i didn't have many from movies so i tried to find another one um but one boss that i do like a movie that i really love that we'll probably do someday maybe is big and Robert Loja in Big as Tom oh, Hanks' boss. He's a yes. very good boss. Very and, and like got the, boss. the iconic scene with the piano, the big mm-hmm. piano. So he was good. And he's a good he's yeah. a good actor. The other movie boss that I have is uh, of course I've mentioned Office Space, Lumberg. Bill Lumberg. And he's not yes. a good boss, but he is a very memorable and wonderful character. Mm-hmm. All right, the rest are all TV. Um, Sam Malone is the boss of Cheers. He's a great boss. He's a great character. You got uh, Leslie Nope and Michael Scott, kind of the good and the bad one of the two uh, mockumentary-type shows. Mm -hmm. They're not really whatever you want to call them. That'd be what it is. Um, And then my top three. I like these are really good ones. Uh, So one that hopefully a lot of people know is, if you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Captain Holt, Andre Browers, is simply one of the, you think Ron Swanson is a great character? This is one of the greatest characters in the history yes. of TV. He is so amazing. He is so good because he's a serious actor and he's a serious guy, but he plays it so funny. Well, and he plays it so straight. That's yeah. why it's funny. Yeah. It's, he is amazing. That was just so perfectly done. So, Captain Holt. Um, I got Montgomery Burns. Very at nice. Two here. Um, because list. we all know him. And then I, I first guy I thought of, just off the top of my head, George Steinbrenner on Seinfeld. Nice. I mean, oh, what a memorable, a memorable character for my favorite show. And I mean, that impersonation is just, it's just awesome. Yes. So that's what I got. Right. Good list. Well done. Thank that you. is an excellent I list. Had, I had only one, actually, that you did not name. I had uh, Mr. Burns. Did you say Michael Scott? You said Michael I Scott. said him and Leslie Nope together. Yep, yeah. you did. 
Okay. Um, Sam Malone, I had Ron Swanson. Yeah, he's and, a boss, too. Uh, Lumberg. Yep. Uh, yeah, I had Lumberg as well from Office Space. The one I had, kind of my sleeper pick on this one, was because it was the first sitcom I can ever remember growing up watching as a kid. And it was Mel from Mel's Diner. Oh, my oh, God. That's a great choice. That's great. That's the first that because that's the first boss type character impersonation of what a boss is that I can remember my Just whole my life. Grits. And that was what stood out. Yeah, there you go. That that, stood out that's awesome, me. Pete. Oh. That should be on my list too, because you know I love Alice. Yep. Yeah. That's a yep. good one. Speaking of older shows too, I, I didn't put him on there, but when I was looking these up, speaking of Bob Newhart, he'd be another good choice because he's the boss of the Strafford. I and... thought about him later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dick Dick but... Luden. I have him on Dick my Loudon. honorable mention. Loudon. There you yep. go. Loudon. I have him on my honorable mention list. Well, go Excellent. for it. Give us the rest of your yeah. list. Start. All sorry, right. We got how many minutes we need? Give fifteen. <sighs> we need about fifteen minutes. <laughs> so I am gonna go with. Uh, bosses but also just people in charge charles so, yeah, charles charles scott bayo of our days no so first off starting with um caddyshack you got judge smales al chervik and lou lomas who is yeah. in charge of the caddyshack of the caddy boss there yep caddy um master. i couldn't i couldn't believe you didn't have hans gruber on your list he was the boss of um, the bad guys and yeah, uh, i guess but yeah uh, we got to have Cosmo Kramer. He's the uh, CEO of Kramerica Industries. Industries. Uh, we've got one of my favorites. The beginning of the movie is great. Platoon is Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, played by uh, Arlie Ermey. Um, how about Cleo McDowell? Isn't that Full Metal Jacket? I'm sorry, Full Metal Jacket. Sorry, oh, okay. not Platoon. Um, Cleo McDowell from uh, Coming to America. McDowell's. They have the yep. Golden Arches. We have the Golden Arcs. They have the yeah, Big Mick. Instead we have the Big Mac. We have the yep. Big Mac. Uh, Jay Peterman from Seinfeld was an oh, excellent. Peterman. Well. Uh, Ed Harkin from Anchorman, played by Fred Willard. I love uh, Fred mm. Willard. Fred Willard is great. <clears throat> We've got James Kahn's character Walter from Elf. Yeah. Uh, Brian Madison of Madison Hotels. Uh, how about who's, Frank who's Shirley? That? Huh? Oh, Frank Shirley. Who are you talking uh, about? Brian Madison, Bill? Billy's dad from Billy Madison. Oh, his dad. Billy okay. Madison. Yes. Yep. Uh, Frank Shirley from Christmas Vacation. Frank Shirley. <clears throat> Selena so Meyer. twice now with Brian uh, Doyle Murray there. Yes, twice with Brian Doyle Murray. He's also um, in charge of the campground. Oh, yeah. In vacation. <laughs> yes. We like to send out a mailer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Selena Meyer from Veep. Yeah. Uh, we got Rebecca Welton. From um, oh, that's a good one, Ted Lasso. Uh, Ted Lasso, uh, Bob Kelso from Scrubs, Chief of Medicine. You could also say Ted Lasso as the boss of the team. That's true, but she's the she's the boss of of the whole thing. Uh, Principal Vernon, I believe his first name's Dick from Breakfast, uh, Breakfast Club. Club. And you can't have uh, honorable mention of bosses without mentioning Boss Hog. <laughs> Oh, my God. That should have been an obvious one. So, my top five. Number five, Johnny Rose from uh, Schitt's Creek. The Rosebud Motel. That's right. My number four is Ron Swanson. Number three, Michael Scott. Number two, Sam Malone. And my number one is President Jed Bartlett from The West Wing. Oh, yeah. You love The West Wing. That's a great list. I love some West Wing. And there's a lot well of shows that we just mentioned that uh, we've done episodes on. If you're new to our show, you can find many, many shows back there and movies that we just mentioned. Go listen well, to them. And speaking of past shows, uh, or we, did Road, to them. we did Roadhouse and that you got uh, Tingham from, uh, or Tillman from Roadhouse, the uh, creepy guy who's in, owned the Double Deuce. So you have to put him in there too, right? You have to. Maybe not. Or John so, C. McGinley on uh, Point Break. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Young, dumb, and full of cum. <laughs> I think okay, that's, that's a, a good, good one to, to close the yearbook there. on. That's a good way to close the yearbook on uh, 2011. Yes. Well done. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know who else makes a great boss, Gifford? 
Uh, I would guess anybody from Preacher Row. I think James Chong is considered the boss of that man. <laughs> he's he's the lead man oh, for right. sure. He's the lead man. So um, mm -hmm. let's finish it up by by hearing him sing, standing on I, your own two feet, uh, standing on my own two feet. Yes. All right. All right. I like them <laughs> we'll see you guys. Well done. Bye, Bye everybody. Yeah.